0: Holy Spirit activate, activate! <laughs> <laughs> hey! Good morning. <laughs> good morning, church. Happy Sunday! Happy Sunday! Happy Snow Day! Welcome back to the living room. <laughs> yeah, 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 It's been a while. Um, after a while. Which is a good thing. Um, yeah, absolutely. Welcome to our home and uh, welcome to uh, Connect Home. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is what um, this is what church. You know, I it's so cool because I was just thinking about this yesterday, but. Um, you know we can get frustrated with technology so often, but it really is amazing oh, I'm how so thankful, for it. so thankful because before we had these Sundays and either we were like putting people at risk, yes, like swerving I mean, into trying to get people to church, um, or we just didn't have it. And now we, we can we can be together, uh, we can be together, and church that's like for us invaluable.
1: Yeah, like we, you know, for me, I'll just be selfish a little bit because um, just with how we've been trying to maintain health so that one of us is always available to preach and to lead church on Sundays, I have been having church at home. It's been really, really weird. So selfishly. I'm kind yes. of happy that
0: you're here with me, I know. and that I kind of feel like I'm All getting together. to see you guys. So I hope look, we... wait, wait, wait. Okay, now do you recognize me? You, you recognize me now? I know, <laughs> yeah. right?
1: Your number one thing was that you were so excited <laughs> was, that you get to
0: preach. I get to preach without a mask. Which is, I'm so excited. And I hope you are too. And look, no matter where you are, uh, we say this every week, and so many people are in the house when we say it, but we say it every week. Um, you know, if you're if you're watching online, and today everybody's watching online. But we're together because the Spirit of God isn't confined to one place. He's outside of time and space. The Bible says when when two or more gather in His name, we're gathering in His name. You know what I love about that, It doesn't say they have to be together, right? It's gathering. We're gathering in the name of Jesus. He's there in the Messiah. We have learned that by now. I know.
1: We have have learned just how to have unique ways to learn how to still be together and for it to be community. And for us to commune, so it's. I and think that we've we've come a long way, baby. You may not feel like you I have, know right exactly. but you have come a long way. And <laughs> I'm
0: gonna. I, I really do want to encourage you. And I know, you know, the truth is, there's such a spiritual element for me this morning. There's things stirring inside of me today, but I, I want to really encourage you. I love the fact that we get a chance to kind of be in our jammies and. Um, and, and be at home and be on the couch. I have real
1: pants on. I no, I know you do. I'm really proud. Yes, I actually I have shoes on. Have.
0: <laughs> I, I got shoes and socks on. It's it's awesome. Um, because I can't do this if I don't. But <laughs> I, I, I want us, I really want to encourage us that there are miracles avail, available in your home mm-hmm. today. Absolutely. Um, you know, and when we're praying, look, you can pray for your kids, you can pray for your spouse, you can pray for your friend, um, and see real miracles inside mm-hmm. this house because your house today. Just like our house today is the house of God. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that today, even for the next hour, you just lean in a little bit. Just lean in a little bit and allow God to stir some things. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, since this new year has really begun, there's been some really uh, words that have been calling us to lean in. As as a people, and so that's our that's our heart, our heart today. Yeah. Um, and one before thing say, before the before yeah, before we hop into yeah. communion. So I hope you have your communion stuff. I hope you um, are following online to be able to stay up on all the uh, updates that we have. But um, and if not, grab them real quick. But I uh, just want to let our parents know. Um, two things, our parents yep. know two things. First, that right now on our YouTube Kids channel, because we have a whole YouTube Kids channel, yep. uh, not just a YouTube Church channel, YouTube Kids channel. Uh, our our children's ministry is uh, has the, the the teaching videos up, the whole uh, Sunday ready to go for you. I, our our our, <laughs> our kids and family pastors are amazing. They are. Kevin and Lisa. If you have not met them, they are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And I know this week I they know. are a little sad. They they're a little sad know, um, because this but week, expect it because but expect it. it.
1: We were going to be launching youth uh, for the first time this Sunday, and they have painstakingly, sacrificially, but excitedly, all been getting together and getting space ready uh, specifically for the youth. So we were going to launch that this yeah, Sunday. Developing team too, and and yeah. yeah that's practice. what I mean. they, and they, they were praying. they were fast, they were believing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so and so they. So we felt bad that we had to push it one week, but. Now, the other good thing is is that because we know that like our side road is a sheet of ice. So we knew that there would be people who would be sad because they'd have to call out because they Absolutely. wouldn't be able yeah, to yeah, serve. Yeah. And then that would be like an added stressor. So I'm actually happy that we get to launch youth. One week from today. Sure i can't I can't wait. Unless there's another
0: cyclone bomb. So look, look. If you're in middle school, by the way, if you're a middle school parent, if you're in middle school, invite your friends next week. Uh, it's going to be fantastic. I, I I'm really jealous. I, I'm zealous and jealous at the same time. That's, that's Christian needs right there. Hallelujah. It really is. But I am jealous uh, because uh, what the team they put together, the, the the vision that they have is not just to babysit our, our our young people. It is to raise up young men and women of faith and prepare them and equip them uh, to meet the growing and changing diverse needs of this uh, of this world and the generation that they're living in and going mm-hmm. into. So I can't wait. I can't wait for that. And, you know, it's been a while D, since we've been able to take communion because we're having to, yeah. you know, church, look, we're, we're trying to navigate all these things, baptism, communion, uh, singing multiple songs with masks. We're trying to navigate all that. And one of the things that, that that we haven't been able to do in person yet is this. Um, and communion is so special. Uh, it's special to Danielle and I. Yes. Uh, I. I remember our first communion together was uh, at our wedding day. Um, and I, I remember it's probably the most special moment for me of our wedding is uh, after we said I do. Uh, we, we, we started right here at the mm-hmm. communion table. And that's what happens when we say I do to Jesus. Uh, he, he, it's not just about uh, being saved and being forgiven in a place we're going. It's about he he brings us right to the communion table and he says hey let's uh, let's commune together um, and this is an opportunity when we come to this table it's so so special so beautiful um, and it really is not just remembering who he uh, what he has done it's actually engaging with who he is so today take this special doesn't the elements that you're taking right. with uh, may not matter um, but they are special because they are the body. And the blood of Jesus Christ. He spoke each and every one of those things into existence. Just like he did you. And he has a special purpose and plan for them. There's a... The Bible tells us that on the night before Jesus was to die for us. It was Passover. Um, It was the night that they were preparing to celebrate where the lamb would die. So that the people could be set free from slavery. From oppression. From the tyranny of the enemy. And Jesus gathered together with his friends, D, and knowing that he was going to be betrayed, um, knowing that one of them was going to uh, forsake him, one of them was going to betray him, that, uh, you know, nine others of them weren't even going to be at the cross. They were so afraid of everything. Um, He still gathered them together and shared this moment of love with them. And he gave us a way for us to be there with him, to trans. To, to, to kind of go back in time and engage in this moment of unadulterated love mm-hmm. where the people around the table are not perfect, that's right. but His perfect love can be shared with them. Yeah. And that's what we're celebrating today. None of us who come to this table are perfect, and yet He opens His heart and His arms in perfect love to each and every one of us, for perfect love casts out all fear. And that, so we have no fear to come to this table. The Bible says... That the night that he was betrayed, he took bread, and after giving thanks for it, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take it and eat it, and when you do, remember who I am. Remember me.
1: Let's take it and
0: I want to pray, actually. Sure. Let's take and eat the bread of life.
1: Father as we partake in your body I pray God that you would help us to see how your how your body covers the territory of our heart. Yes. Even now Father as we swallow that bread and it goes through our digestive system Lord it it covers the territory of our body. But so importantly God it covers the territory of our heart. Yes. You have a way of coming into the nooks and the crannies and the crevices of our hearts, of our minds. uh, Areas that sometimes say no to all other things. But your love has a way of being able to go to those places where nothing else can. And I know it's because of this moment. I know it's because of the price that you paid on the cross. Our spirit can testify to exactly who you are. So today, God, anyone who has territories in their hearts yes. that have been off limits, I pray, God, that this moment with you, this communing moment with you, would have the Spirit of God testify to them that you can be trusted, that you are a safe place, yes, and that when you go to those nooks and crannies, it isn't with harshness and it isn't with fury. It is with a purifying love that helps us to repent and to turn and to become more like you. Yes, Jesus. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. You know, church, the, I love that idea about taking territory. There, You know, the heart is the territory of God. And so often the enemy tries to steal, uh, kill, and destroy what Jesus has bought for us. And it brings it back to this cup. Because after he mm-hmm. had his body broken, he picked up the cup. And for us, it's just a cup. But on that night, it was called the cup of redemption that he picked up. And he let his people know that it wasn't going to be the redemption from their work or what they did or just by a sacrifice of a lamb. It was going to be his blood that would forgive them, that would take back that territory, that would redeem and restore. All that the enemy had stolen. The Bible says when the enemy gets caught, he must return sevenfold, which is seven is the number of completion, perfection. That's what Jesus' blood does. The enemy got caught at the cross, and the blood of Jesus Christ redeemed and restored and brought back sevenfold what the enemy had lost. There's not one part of your heart, there's not one part of your life that the enemy has claimed to or right to today, not because of our goodness or how much we've given or what we've done, but because of what's in this cup, the blood of Jesus Christ it is for a new covenant it's a new day, it's a new way to fall in love with God here it is, Jesus said, it is the cup of the new covenant of my blood, take it and drink it and when you do, remember what I've done, remember that the blood of Jesus Christ redeemed you and bought back sevenfold everything that the enemy stole, take now the cup of redemption thank you God that
1: even on the cross you were providing for us Even on the cross, God, as you shed your blood, you are shedding that with purpose, with selflessness, God. When we partake, it doesn't matter um, what we may be intaking, God, as we remember what you gave out of yourself to go into us, God. I thank you, Lord, that you were willing. You literally left all of it. On the line for us Father you lost everything You lost your body You lost your blood But you were giving it God And so today we take hold of that We take ownership of that blood Father And as we said before May that blood wash over the territories Of our spirit today Of our soul today uh, Of our thoughts God Anyone struggling with their mental health this morning For a myriad of reasons I pray God that the blood of the Lamb Would testify to the health And the wholeness that you have Mm -hmm. Awaiting every single person, God. Mm. I pray, Father, for anyone struggling with the concept of taking their life. God, I pray that your body and your blood would testify that you have made a way so that that is not the only way left. That you will restore hope, that you will restore meaning, that you would restore depth to a person's worth today, God. And so, Father, I pray that you would be ministering to people as the word is brought forward, God, and I pray that each person joining us today remembers that they're not just one of many. They are one in the sight of you, God, and you see them, you know them by name, you know what they carried in today, God, and you know what they will want to carry out today, and God, I pray that you would minister, 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 that you would fill rooms, Lord, that even have tension in them now with the grace and the peace of God, and that were places that have not allowed you, God. I pray that there would be mercy there, Yes. so that people would feel enveloped today in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Yeah. Amen. Amen. You know, i just going to step out for a moment, but babe, as you're cleaning this up, as you're taking this out with you, uh, that old song. I know we say I say it all the time. Come there's power. I was like, there's no power getting out of this. God's working <laughs> power, and there is power, power. Wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus this morning. Um, and I just want to really encourage you with that. There's power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus Christ. It is not uh, it, it, it is not um, just something that we say. It is a truth. It is a spiritual fact. It is a spiritual principle that there's power in the blood of Jesus Christ this morning. So no matter what you're going through, no matter where you've been, no matter what you're crawling out of, Matt, can I tell you, you may, have, you may have just stumbled across this message today, this channel today. Someone may, some, some, Somebody from church may have just kind of shared the link, and you may have just topped on after a crazy week, a, a horrible night. My friend, can I tell you, it's not by might nor by power, but by His Spirit. You don't have to get yourself out of it. Jesus did the work so that we could be set free. That's the beautiful thing about Christianity. It is not about our work. Man, you can't, we cannot work to get our salvation. There's not one good enough thing we could do to earn our salvation. But so the work of Jesus saved us and set us free so we could live out. It is for freedom that Christ came to set you free. So, man, if you're going through that depression, if you're going through that anxiety, stress, if you're going through just feeling like you're abandoned, left out, and left behind, can I tell you, Jesus is for you and so are we. So are we. And if this is your first or second time that you've kind of uh, checked in to, 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 to us here at, at Connect, can you let us know? We'd love to get a, a, in contact with you. Love to send you a, a free book uh, about kind of walking this life out with Jesus Christ, written by one of our pastors, Pastor Rick uh, Campanna. It's just a beautiful book, but we love you, church. We really do. Um, and we are for you, and so is God. That's what we've been talking about. God is for you. God is for you. God is for you. So let's be for God today. Hey, look, I, I, I hope that you are, uh, you, you brought to, uh, you're ready for the word today. And since you're home, I know you have your Bible uh, or your Bible app or your iPad or your computer screen that you can pull up uh, BibleGateway.com on or whatever your Bible is. And I hope you have no, your notebook um, to take notes so that we can actually dive into this together and go back to it uh, this week and it can inspire us. Um, you know, if you, since you have your Bible, can you open with me to Second Timothy chapter one? Second Timothy chapter one. 2 Timothy is the sixteenth book of the New Testament. It's written by Paul to his spiritual son Timothy, and it's just there's, we're going to talk about one, uh, two verses in here that are really meant to encourage us to a deeper level, kind of, of, walk with God. And if you need a title for our message today, it's We Didn't Start the Fire, right? We didn't start the fire. Hey, I know I'm probably offbeat there, and someone doesn't even know what that is. Old Billy Joel song, We Didn't Start the Fire. And when he's talking about it, he's talking about the fire in a bad way. But for those of us who are people of faith, we understand that the fire that's within us is a gift from God. It it, 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 it comes from a love of God, Towards us, it's something that He has placed deep inside of our hearts, so that we can be inspired by God to love Him, uh, and to love His people, and to make Him feel loved by us. That's what John three sixteen tells us. For God so loved the world, He sent Jesus not to condemn us, but so that we could have eternal life with Him. He came to close the gap between us and Him. You know, we're standing here. I'm so glad, actually, that today we get to be here because. This, uh, this fireplace um, is from 1771, um, and I can't even imagine, can you imagine with me the countless fires that were in this fireplace, maybe th- tens of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands over the 251 plus years that this house has been here, the, the, the countless fires that, that were there. And and you can even see the marks of where the flames have have, have scorched the bricks, and there's still a a, a faint uh, odor of smoke in the room. But but the one one thing is true, one thing is true, that no matter how hot this blaze of fire is, was, no, no matter how many fires were there, that there's not one there now. It doesn't matter how hot the, the, the fire was one time. It doesn't matter uh, how many fires there were going. The one thing that we know is that somewhere along the way that the coals grew cold. Somewhere along the way, someone stopped stoking it. The fire went out and it grew cold. And And I think the truth is, church, that can happen in our spiritual lives as well. I'm not talking about losing our salvation. I'm talking about this fire to to get to know God and to love Him at a deep level. This this desire to grow as as a disciple. This desire to use our gifts to, to love God, to love people, to make His love known to people. To be honest, if we don't stoke it, it's easy to grow cold. I've seen in this pandemic so many things grow cold. Not, not simply kind of our walks with God or people's desire to kind of go to church or be a part of his body, but so many things. People uh, deciding, grown cold to, to go back to that job that they, they used to have, or they, they're grown cold in, in relationships that they've had for a long time. Some of us have grown cold with uh, the desire to eat healthy. <laughs> That's me. Oh, I need to get back to it. And, 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 and what's, so, what's so scary? What's so dangerous if we're not careful? is that there's a flip side to that that the enemy takes advantage of. In the midst of this coldness, our soul desires warmth. And so it's drawn to things that inflame it, inflame the soul, inflame our desires, inflame our, our dreams, inflame the things of our ego. And I've seen in this pandemic things become inflamed and set afire, right? Our political ideologies are inflamed, right? Our, 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 our press for American rights and how they collide with church, uh, it's, 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 we're, we're on fire, right? This, this thing for our freedom, what is, what is my rights, my freedom what is mine, what is ours, what is not theirs, whoever theirs is, becomes inflamed, impassioned, on fire. And what we have to understand is that it's such a a scheme of the enemy. It's such a scheme of the enemy to inflame something of our soul that mimics something of the spirit. To inflame something of the soul that mimics something of the spirit, so that we end up because we're so fired up about so many things that aren't of God, that we're, our our soul is on fire. Our soul is warmed by these things, and we exchange the real one for the fake ones, and we see it. That's why Paul says in Ephesians six, uh, 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 Ephesians six, um, that verse sixteen that that, that we got to be wary of the the. The, the fiery darts of the enemy. They're not just fiery because of the place they come from hell. It's what they do inside of us. They start little fires here and there. Little fires here and there. And before we know it, we have exchanged the real for the fake. Before we know it, the real fire. We find ourselves like this fireplace with the markings of a life that once was on blaze. With the still the faint smell and the odor of that a fire that used to have smoke. But somewhere down deep inside, our heart has grown cold because we have stopped stoking that fire. And you know what I love about God so much in the midst of all this? If that's us, and that's where we are today, that's okay. Because what I love about God in the midst of all this is that He doesn't reject us for it. He simply encourages us. He simply calls for us and longs for us to spark something that will bring that fire back to life inside of us. So even if you're cold today, even if if your fire is dwindling today, my God doesn't reject you. He's actually wooing you to spark it anew. That's what Paul is going to tell Timothy here, his spiritual son. By the way, Timothy is the pastor of the church of Ephesus at this time. And it, it can happen to any of us, and it does happen to all of us. Even pastors, the flame grows dim. So this is what he says to us in 2 Timothy 1, 6 and 7. He says, therefore, I remind you to fan in the flame the gift of God, which is inside of you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound Mind, Come on, that word sound mind is sozofrino, a saved mind. He's telling us we've got to think like saved people, not like natural man, natural woman, not like our natural generation or our culture or the dysfunction of the family we grew up in. we got to think like saved people, which thinks differently. It's the renewal of the mind that we talked about a few weeks ago. It's the change in us. Can you hear the heartbeat of God towards us in this simple text? To have this spiritual life that he put inside of us, fan into the flaming fire. Notice, there was no condemnation for where the flame was. Even if it's gone, gone, gone dim or gone cold. He doesn't condemn us in this moment. There's only a longing for his children to experience the fullness of him, the fullness of this God-given life, this fullness of a life that he died for and loved us loved to, enough to give to you and I. That's what he's longing for today. You know growing up, I always heard kind of this verse in conjunction, with a verse in Revelation, Revelation three fifteen and sixteen, and I've always heard them tied together, and, and it's always from this place of harsh judgment, right? And in Revelation three fifteen and sixteen says this: It says, uh, I, "I know that I know your deeds. I know that you are neither either hot nor cold. That's how I that's how I hear it. You're neither hot nor cold, right? But you are lukewarm, and because you're neither hot nor cold and you're lukewarm, I will spew you out of my mouth." And that's how I hear it. And that's how it was always presented to me. And, and I heard it as this serious warning that God's going to spew me out of his mouth if I'm not good enough or if I'm not on fire enough for him. But my friends, that's not the reality of God's heartbeat in these verses. Come on, look at these verses. Listen to his desire. His desires for you and I. It says in Revelation 3, my desire is for you to be high. In 2 Timothy 1, my desire is for you to be burning. A lot of burning, have this burning passion so that we can share this love, this deep, deep love together with one another. Yes, I got to be honest, there are consequences to a lukewarm life. There are, right? A life where our, where the fire has kind of flamed out. But to be honest, probably most of us are familiar with those because either we're there now or we've been there in the past. And those, those that that kind of life is is filled with this lack of peace and depression and this there's no sense of God moving. The heavens are silent. There's no sense of the Holy Spirit doing something in our life. Right? We're easily distracted. There, there, there's there's no overflow of joy. There's a general apathy towards kind of holiness and discipleship, and that's. When we know if our life is there, that's when we know that our, our our fires are starting to grow cold. But what I love about God is that God wants us to be sparked not out of the fear of retribution or of loss of what will happen if we aren't sparked, but out of a desire to to love God and to be loved by God and to make God feel loved by us. That's why he ties these verses together. That's why I love what Timothy and what Paul tells Timothy. To fan into flame. I love this Greek word. This Greek word to fan into flame is actually a present active of infinitive. Now for all of you, a verb, for all of you who are uh, kind of Greek geeks like myself. You may be like, I don't know what that means. It means that it is a continuous action. It's not a one stop, one shot moment. It's not like salvation where I'm just saved. It is a continual action. It is meant to be intentional and not accidental. To continually and intentionally fan into flames the things God has placed inside of us. Don't let it grow cold. And if it grows cold, fan it into flame again. There's this beautiful picture. It's the beautiful picture that Paul is trying to create for Timothy. That, that to, to, to echo his mind back to Leviticus chapter 6. And Timothy would have been familiar with this picture and this understanding because of his understanding of Jewish tradition and the sacrificial system. In Leviticus 6, uh, God lays out this whole plan for his altar of sacrifice and for the fire never to go out. Never to go out. He said it's the priest's responsibility to keep the fire going. It was part of what made the sacrifices valid. And we talked about it two weeks ago, how sacrifice is not giving something up for God. It's giving something to God, something to him, not up for him, to him. And it's kind of all wrapped up as Paul's trying to get Timothy to, to echo back to these verses, this concept, this desire of God in Leviticus 6. It's kind of epitomized in verse 12 where it says, The fire on the altar shall be kept burning. It shall not go out. The priest shall put wood on it. The priest shall put wood on it every morning. You can underline that. And he shall arrange the burnt offering on it. And he shall burn on it the fat of the peace offering. Underline that. For the fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually, and it shall not go out. Do you hear the heartbeat of God? The heartbeat of God is not just to have an altar. To have a sacrifice. But to keep the fire for his people going and going and going and going. But what I love about God is that he doesn't make you and I responsible for the offering on top of it, he doesn't make us responsible for the offering. He takes the responsibility. For bringing the offering to make that acceptable. And that offering was Jesus, the Lamb of God that took away the sins of the world. It was was that Lamb whose blood dripped down onto the fire to make that fire holy. To make that fire clean. To make that fire a fire of God. It's this beautiful picture where the blood of the sacrifice drips down onto the fire. And it is a beautiful fire. That's why God doesn't give us the responsibility to... To, 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 to bring the sacrifice because nothing we could bring is good enough. But he does give you and I, the priests, the responsibility of taking care of the ashes and bringing the wood every single day. Bring the wood. Put it on the fire. Bring the wood. Put it on the fire. Every day. Every day. In the Old Testament, wood always symbolized humanity. Right? Always humanity. Humanity. He had the the trees of the field clap their hands, right? The Ark of the Covenant was wood, uh, a wood box covered with gold. It was symbolizing Jesus' humanity wrapped in divinity. Wood always symbolized humanity. And so what we see here in this text is God encouraging us to consistently, consistently and intentionally keep bringing wood. Keep bringing ourselves keep bringing ourselves, keep bringing our time, come on, our treasures, our talent, our dreams, our desires, our decisions. That's what we talked about last week. Keep bringing those things to him. Keep sowing them every day, kind of rising up and bringing the wood of myself, bringing the wood of my talent, bringing the wood of my desires, bringing the wood of my decision and placing it on the altar as a sacrifice to him, not giving something up, but giving myself to his plan myself to be embraced in His love. Be, be giving myself to uh, placing myself in His hands. My destiny, my dreams, my future. Not in my logic, but in the hands of a God that loves me. It is intentionally placing the wood on the altar every single day. It is consistency. But my friends, what we have to understand. I love this because I think it, 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 it sparks for me this... Picture of David in in, in Daniel. I'm not David. In Daniel, in Daniel chapter six. Do you remember how Daniel uh, every day just got up and prayed? He prayed, he prayed, he prayed, and he started to see things move in his country, move in his world. He was praying. And, and the, 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 the other leaders around him, the safe traps and governors, they got jealous of him. And so they had the king pass a law that no one could pray except to him. Uh, and, and Daniel just kept on praying consistently every day. And then they set a trap for him uh, so that he would, uh, because of his consistency, fail. Right. And then we know the story ends up in the lion's den. We know the end of that story, which is amazing. But what I want to say to you is this. Even in our consistency, the enemy will always try to break our consistency by laying traps, laying all kinds of traps for us. It's not just our consistency in prayer. It's our consistency in actually bringing ourselves to God. Busyness is one of those traps, man. D and I talk about time killers all the time. It's one of those traps, right? Uh, 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 Depression is one of those traps. Offense is one of those traps that keeps us consistently forgiving and living in forgiveness and and, and being in the house of God. Compromise in our world today—the expectations of what a good parent is meant to do and supposed to do. I'm sorry, parents. There's just some messed up stuff out there that actually is a is a trap to break our consistency. Exhaustion is a trap. Man, the enemy will get you to a place of spiritual, mental, and physical exhaustion. Why? Because it's a trap to break our consistency. Consistency. Man, Galatians uh, Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, it's the conclusion of what we were talking about last week. The Bible says this, come on, do not get weary in doing good. Don't get weary in sowing and sowing and sowing because if uh, if you keep going at just the right time, you will reap a harvest if you don't Give up. If we just so consistently and so consistently and so consistently and bring the wood time and time again and lay it on the altar, there will be a breakthrough. But the enemy attacks us with these little fires, with these little fires here, and this little fire there, and a little fire here just sets little fires all around us so that we until we become so distracted and so inconsistent that the real fire burns out. It's just a scheme. Because he wants to rob us. So what is it? If we're asking ourselves, what is it that can get in the way if we're not careful? Do you know one of the things that can get in the way if we're not careful? The ashes. The ashes. The ashes are those things that remain. You know, in, in, in verse uh, 11, right before verse 12 of Leviticus 6, it says that it was even before the wood was to be put on, the priest was meant to come and clean out the ashes. Take the ashes outside of the camp to a clean place. Outside the camp to a clean place and deposit the ashes. Do you know why God calls the priests to deal with the ashes even before the wood? Because he understood that ashes left untaken care of, unhandled. Ashes left there built up long enough can smother out a fire. Ashes can smother a fire. Why? Because it doesn't let the wind and the air get in and stoke the flame. Ashes, the stuff that remains from what was covered of by, by the lamb's sacrifice. The ashes of our past decisions. The ashes of our brokenness. The ashes of our life. The ashes of our depression. The ashes of these things that, that have remained, that the blood is covered. But they're ashes that are there. Every day we've got to get up and deal with the ashes. And one of the greatest ashes that actually can smother the fire is guilt. It's why if you go back to Leviticus 6, in the very beginning of that chapter, it's dealing with guilt offerings. Guilt offerings. Why? Because there's sometimes, it's not only the remembrance of what we did that causes guilt to build up and build up and build up, but sometimes it's still the ramifications of it. Sometimes it's not just a remembrance, it's actually a life that has to deal with those ramifications all the time. Where, where, where we see that relationship that we burn to the ground. Where, 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 we, where we see the bridge uh, that we burned with our ex-boss and, and our job, and that's what we still have to deal with. And We deal with the hurt that we've caused people, and we, we see them still living in that hurt in real ways. And when we don't deal with that ash, when that that ash isn't picked up every day and taken out into a clean place, it builds up and builds up, and it keeps the wind, it keeps the Holy Spirit from, from building the flame inside of you and I. Man, guilt, my friends, guilt, my friends, is a flame extinguisher. It's a fire extinguisher. Then there, add on top of that, the ashes of the things that steal our peace, peace stealers in our life. Do you realize that's this? That, that that's why he says make sure the peace offering is on top of there as well? Because there are things that rob our peace. It's often uh, the, the, this, this thing, it's not only where we find our peace, come on, but it's also how we lose our peace. It's not only where we find our peace, but it's how we lose our peace. Many times it's, you know, we lose our peace, we're in danger of losing our peace because uh, we're... we're people who are upset with the stance that we take and we want to keep them happy. Or we lose our peace because we've set clear boundaries and it's, it's really hard when people are pushing back on those healthy boundaries time and time again making you feel bad for those boundaries and we lose our peace. Or maybe it's not just them at all. Maybe it's us. Maybe we lose our peace because we picked up a fence. And we don't know what to do with it or probably more realistically we don't really want to do what God told us to do with it. And in this And in these moments, the ash piles higher and higher and higher. That's why Jesus says in Luke 17, 1, it's impossible for offense not to come our way. And he was, of course, he was dealing with people. He understood. Dealing with people, it's impossible for offense not to come our way. But it doesn't say that it's impossible to not be offended, to, to know how to deal with that and overcome that offense. But I think the enemy understands that the top, top, uh, two of the top fire extinguishers in our life are guilt and this place of wrestling with our peace. And in this place, when we are guilty and we don't have peace, we find ourselves justifying our apathy and justifying our frustration and justifying our distraction. And then it inflames our souls disillusionment with ourselves. It, dis, it, it flames our soul's disillusionment with this God thing. And slowly and slowly but slowly the real fire begins to wane. So really we have to ask ourselves what's the real answer? And I love that God gives us the answer. God says take the ash and take it to a clean place outside the camp. Deal with it before you even put wood on the fire. Deal with the ash. Deal with it. Take it to a clean place. My friends, the only clean place, the only clean place for the ashes of our life is the cross of Jesus Christ. That's why the cross was outside the city, outside the camp, because it is the only place where we can deal with condemnation. It is the only place that we can deal with our offense, where our, where, where peace can be restored. I'm not, that relationship may, may not be restored. That dream may not be restored. That job may not be restored. But I know this, when I go to the cross, when I bring my ashes to the cross, when I I bring my ashes, my guilt, and my, my lack of peace to the cross of Jesus Christ, when I take it, when I when I take it to that clean place, He makes me clean. He restores my peace because He's the, the Prince of Peace. He's the only peace that can only, uh, that, that, that matters to the, He's the peace that can be manifest even in our uncertainty. Man, I understand it. I get it because every day, man, I've got guilt. I've got guilt over the decisions I've made and things I've done and, and, and ways I've hurt people. I struggle with peace because, man, I, 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 I get pressed back on or, 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 or I'm, I'm not, you know, I don't, I, I'm, I've set healthy boundaries and, and are these right? And I struggle with these things. That's why every day we've got to take the ashes to that clean place. The clean place. The clean place. And maybe the real question that we have to ask ourselves today is why should we go through all this trouble to keep the flame going? Why should we go through all the trouble? I mean, after all, we're saved and we're going to go to heaven. And, 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 and after all, God loves me and God's for me. And why, why should I go through all that trouble? It sounds like it's a lot of work. Here's why. Because the flame came from God. Because the flame came from God. God. It came from God. It was a gift of His to you and I. Matter of fact, Leviticus 9 says that the fire that lit the original altar came out of the Holy of Holies and lit the fire at the altar of sacrifice ablaze. It's the same thing that happened to you and I. The fire from the from, from the, the Holy of Holies in heaven came down and, and landed in a manger and went to a cross and was raised from the dead in an empty tomb and ascended back into heaven. The flame that He gave us was from him. It's a gift, and how we, how we steward it determines how we honor him. When we steward it well, we're honoring him. We're honoring him, and it, when we steward it well, it honors him, and thus it brings him joy. Do you realize the fire, when we have that fire burning in us, it gives God joy? We see it. He shows up in the burning bush with Moses. He, lead, he leads them by night, by the flame, to keep them warm in the wilderness. We see it in the tabernacle. We see it in the New Testament, in the temple. We see it fall down in the, in the upper room on the disciples. Why? Because it gives God joy to allow His fire, His flame, His passion to be amongst His people. It gives Him joy. And so we honor Him by honoring His word. Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 15, if you love me, then you'll do what I command. The word gets inside of us. And then it says, and the Holy Spirit will follow. The Holy Spirit will follow. Our flame may be low today. But what amazes me is this. What amazes me so much is how often our heart follows our actions. How often our heart follows our actions. Come on, when you went out, when you went out on your first date with people, you don't love that person. You may be infatuated, you may have butterflies in your stomach, but you're like, man, I love that person. No, do you know when love came? When you consistently showed up time and time again into their life. When you did life with them. When you started to, to, to date each other. When you started to see each other more. When you started to see and learn the real them. Then that sparked a deep sense of love inside of you. Your heart followed your actions. That's why Jesus says in Matthew 6, 21, where your treasure is, your heart should be. That's why we're talking about bringing the wood of my time, bringing the wood of my talent, bringing the wood of my treasure, bringing the wood of my dreams and my desires and my decisions to God. Why? Because where my treasure is, what I treasure the most, my heart will follow. Because the truth, the reality is, my friends, God is a consuming fire. That's what Deuteronomy 4.24 says. He is a consuming fire. I know that sounds scary, right? He's a consuming fire. But but that's not the picture. The picture is the burning bush. Where the bush was ablaze with the presence of God, but not destroyed. It was that place where Moses became the mouthpiece of God. The place where Moses became the vehicle to set oppressed people free. It was the place where Moses... This blows me away. It's the place where Moses got to know a God that he knew about, but was not intimate enough to know his name yet. That place, the place of fire, the place of burning bush, is a place of intimacy. It helps us to get to know a God. But man, man we, we may have known about him. we may have been around him but the fire is where we get to know him because he is a consuming fire. It's who he is and the more we get to be around the burning bush, the more we get to know the God of the burning bush. We don't get to just be, we just we just just don't get to know about a god who is a burning bush. We get to know the god of the burning bush. man what a beautiful picture that is inside of us. I remember, if you remember uh, a few years ago, the, the, the fire of the Cathedral of Notre Dame. And afterwards, one of the pictures that is impressed in my mind, burned in my mind, is that in all the rubble, in all the ashes around it, there stood one thing. In the midst of all the rubble, this beautiful gold cross stood shining. Man, that's the beautiful picture of what God has for you and I. In the rubble of all of our lives, in the rubble of all of our decisions, uh, in the ashes of all the things we've done, there is a golden cross that stands beautiful because my God is a consuming fire that wants us to know Him even more and more and more. It reminds me of another chapter in Daniel, Daniel chapter 3, where the three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they have such faith, and we remember that because of their faith in God, they get thrown into a fire. But when they're in the fire, when they're in the trial of the fire, when they're in the trial of, 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 of the enemy's attack, when they're in the trial of seeming oppression, when they're in the trial of the limitations of what the government put on them, come on, somebody, that's the limitation. They heated it up, and they threw them in, and in the middle of the fire of the trial, a fourth one showed up, and he was the Son of God. Jesus reveal himself in the middle of the fire. Many times our trials reveal the fire that's already inside of us, but also many times the trials that we go through individually, as a family, and at times as a church, stay with me, are uh, are the enemy overplaying his hand and actually lights a fire where there wasn't a fire. Sometimes the enemy in the trial overplays his hand and lights a fire Where there wasn't a fire. Because the Bible says, after that moment, after Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, after Daniel in the lion's den, that king rises up and says, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the God of Daniel, is the real God. He's the real God and should be worshipped. It wasn't there before. But come on, how they dealt with the trial because they were consistent because they had faith going into the trial because they had stoked the flame of the relationship with God they knew the God that they that, that they knew they knew the God uh, uh, of heaven and earth even before they were thrown into the fire because of that it revealed it lit something it lit something in their king it lit something that wasn't there in somebody else before and my friends when we fan this flame We are fanning to life. The life that God has prepared for us. That God has dreamt up for us. The the, the life that his son died for so that we could have. And it ignites a passion for him. When our hearts in the natural grow cold, and they will. When our passions over time die down, and they will. That's why David has to pray, Restoring to me the joy of my salvation. Because just over time, we don't pay enough attention to the embers and they grow cold when our natural self takes over it's the refiner's fire that we are that, that is within us that restores a blaze that reminds us of his love towards us that stirs our love towards him that's why paul ties these two verses together because our spirit of love shatters fear it's not god doesn't want us to be afraid so that we that, that we fan the flames He wants uh, wants us to understand that His love is enough to fan the flames inside of us. See, fanning the things of God in our lives into flames keeps the fear at bay and keeps love blossoming. Keeps love blossoming. And love will always cause us to take a risk. When we know we're loved and we are experiencing the love of God... When we get to know the God that's in the flame, not just the God, fear the God of the flame. When we get to know the God in the burning bush, not just to know about a God who can't have a burning bush. When we get to know that, when we understand that we are loved, it causes us to take risks. To love God. To love others. To go beyond ourselves. To to be willing to use His gifts. For more than just making ourselves happy. To use His gifts, to pray for the sick and see them get better, to tell people about the gospel of Jesus Christ, to invite friends to church, invite them to know Jesus Christ, to bring them to your force or shoulder-to-shoulder group, to actually take a risk because you're loved to love somebody else and to fan into flames the gift of God that He's trying to spark inside of them as well. When we fan these things into flame, it helps us to love God and love his people and allow God to feel loved by us. You know, the truth is, my friends, the wood was meant to be put on the fire as the first sacrifice of the day and set everything else into motion. When the wood was placed on the fire first, it set everything else in motion. And I believe that spiritual principle of Leviticus 6 is the same spiritual principle for you and I to get today. No matter how low our fire is, or maybe how blazing it is today, when we rise up and put our time and our talents, our treasure, our desires, our dreams, our decisions, when we lay ourselves down on the altar of God, it sets everything else in motion. And the beautiful truth behind it is simply this. Your flame doesn't need to be perfect in order to be used by God. Obviously, Timothy's wasn't perfect, and yet he was still being used by God. Our flame doesn't need to be perfect to be used by God. It just has to be burning. Today, that's my invitation to you. In the distance we've had in this pandemic, having to be online online, maybe not being in church building as often as we wanted to, maybe still having to wear a mask and feeling distance of people, not being able to, to meet with people face-to-face, still not maybe being able to do coffees or dinners as much as we would want to to build up relationship. It's so easy. It's so easy for this life of a disciple to grow cold. I'm not talking about salvation. I'm not talking about will you go to heaven. It's just a question of where our fire is. And I know too often and too easily we can look back and say, yeah, but look at the marks of how much I used to love Him. Look all the things I've done for Him. God will never throw those things out and those things are never discounted. But the reality is... No matter how many fires were in this fireplace, and no matter how hot they once blazed, there isn't one there today. But all it takes is for me to be willing to put wood on the fire today, to deal with the ashes in my life, and bring them to the cross, and let the fire of God, let his presence come set ablaze my heart once again that's my prayer for you and that's what I'm gonna pray with you that's the invitation I have today we're gonna pray in just a moment and the reality that I have today that I want to ask you is no matter where you are with your fire to God, with God maybe you've never started one but today you said man I want to maybe you've allowed that fire to grow cold today is the time to offer yourself to God. And He will bring the fire. He will start it again. He'll deal with your guilt. He'll deal with your condemnation. He'll deal with your lack of peace. He'll deal with that offense, hurt, and disillusionment. And He will blaze His love inside of you again. Come on, if that's you, can you pray with me today? It's simply this easy. Because God desires... To set his heart, his fire inside of you. Because he desires for it to be a flanned into flame. All he needs is a yes from you. All he needs is for you to put your life, yourself on the altar. And he'll do the rest. So today, if that's what you're looking for, can you just pray this prayer with me? Just say, dear Lord Jesus, today I've come to put my life On your altar, to give myself fully to you, to hold nothing back. I'm asking you to deal with all the ashes of my life, all my sin, all my guilt, all my shame. I'm asking you to be the Lord and Savior of my whole life. Fill me with your spirit. Let your flame reside in me. Let the wind of your spirit pour into me so that that fire burns bright. Daddy, I give you my life with all I got and all I ever will be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. Yes! The Bible says, look, the Bible says if you pray that prayer, whether it's your first time or it's your thousandth time, the angels in heaven are like, woohoo! And Holy Spirit, activate, no, sorry, sorry. Truly, the, the, the Bible says the angels in heaven start to party because of you. That is God's heart towards you. Not, I will spew you out of my mouth. But I want to be a burning bush. You knew me. You knew about me, but I want you to know me. We want you to know him even better in the decision you made. So look, if uh, you prayed that prayer today, uh, I want to encourage you to to email uh, prayer at theconnectchurch.com. Prayer at theconnectchurch.com we want to send you a free book. Send us your name, your address. We want to send you a free book. The book I spoke about before. It's a book by Pastor Rick Campana. That it just, it's, it's written so well. He's such a great storyteller. It helps you to understand what this is. Because we've grown up in such a world where works, 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 works is the mentality. And yet we miss this beautiful message of grace. And so we want to send that to you free. Look, we want to help you walk this thing out. That's why we have uh, the membership groups that meet during the week, uh, Shoulder to Shoulder, which is for women, and Forge, is for men. And you can find out about that on Linktree. really want to encourage you to do that. But before we go, there's just two things I want to make sure that we do. First is this. I want to encourage you today that if you receive something, to give something back. Uh, to, to, to join us in, in offering today, as an offering of worship. You know, one of the things, one of the pieces of wood that we get to put on the altar of God is our giving. Our giving. Giving is a, an act of saying, God, I trust you uh, with my future. God, I trust you with my finance. God, I trust you to make a difference in every area of my life. And I'm not going to hold any back, anything back because I want the fire to touch every area of my life. Come on, that's the beautiful thing about God. There's this incredible story in the Old Testament about Elijah who's doing this on on Mount Carmel. He's battling with the forces of his generation, the prophets of his generation. who are saying God's not real, God's not real, God's not real. Does that sound familiar? And you know what he does? He builds an altar filled with wood. And he lays one thing of wood and nothing happens. He lays another thing of wood and nothing happens. He lays another thing of wood and nothing happens. And then he pours water on top of it, by the way, which isn't a good idea in the natural. But... Before he knows it, the fire from God, the fire comes down from heaven, blows up that mountaintop with the glory of God. And it not only changes Elijah's life, but it changes his nation. I believe, my friends, when we just give and get, when we put line upon line of his word, line upon line of of giving our time, our treasure, our talents, our dreams, desires, and decisions, we give, give, give those things to God, man, little by little by little. And before we know it, the fire of God will light it ablaze. And it's going to change our life, change our family, and change our generation. I believe it. I believe it because that's the kind of God we serve a God that wants to blow the mountaintop off with his fire so that his people could be set free. There's a giving link there at Linktree that you can give to, and I encourage you to do so. It not only is a blessing to us, but it's a blessing to others as well. So Pastor Danielle and I want to thank you for that. And Just kind of as you're getting ready to do that, I want to encourage you to just do one more thing. This week, there's one more piece of wood you got to put on the fire. One more piece of wood that I want to encourage you and invite you to put on the fire. And that is putting your life into discipleship. Not just being an attender or a believer, but taking that next step into discipleship. Jesus said, come and be my disciples. Follow after me. Go to the link tree. Register today. If you're a lady, register for shoulder to shoulder. If you're a man, register for Forge. We've got groups all throughout the week. They're online virtually. I do the teaching for men. Our pastors, uh, our lady pastors, uh, our pastors who are women do the teaching for the ladies as well. Uh, and man, it just, hmm. It, it, it is not candy coated Christianity, I can assure you that. It's going to help you walk this thing out little by little by little. You know the one thing that I have found? I found people who are in discipleship. Need less counseling. <laughs> people who are in the Word need less uh, word from other people. Need less, uh, less, le- less uh, word from social media. Less opinions of our generation. Now, when we're in discipleship, we've got people who will stand with us, pray with us, and help us walk this thing out and get to know the God of the burning bush. Well, my friends, may you fan into flame all the things that God has given you. So that you may know God. And that He may feel loved by you. And that our world may be changed through the gift that he's given you. Let me pray over you as we go today. Father, in the name of Jesus, may the word we receive today fall on good soil. Open hearts, open ears, open minds, open lives. Let your Holy Spirit fall into each room today, on each person today. Let us not worship from afar, but be drawn to know you closer and closer. Let the fire and the passion for God be brighter than it's ever been in any of our lives at any times. May we burn with a fire a love for you that we didn't even know possible, Jesus. Let it be about you and never about us. We give you the glory and the honor and the praise. I pray for every person who is sick today, every person who's going through it today, every person who is uh, is caught in depression or addiction today. I pray for everyone who has, as Pastor D said, suicidal thoughts in the name of Jesus. We break and shatter those things by the blood of Jesus Christ. We bring it to the cross that says by his stripes we are healed. We shatter the curse, that the curse of Je- Generations that have been passed down over people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ. We stand in the miraculous wholeness of who God is and that He is Jehovah Rapha, the God that heals. He is Jehovah Nisi, the God who is my banner. He is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. He is my righteousness and our sanctification. He is the God that changes things from death to life. He turns ashes into beauty. In the name of Jesus, we give you the glory, the honor, and the praise, my God. And I pray that you uh, keep protected this week, order their footsteps until we meet again. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen and amen. Church, I love you, and I can't wait to see you next week in person back at Connect Church. We'll see you guys soon. God bless you. Love you, church.